You've landed on episode four of the Life Encouraged podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Life Encouraged podcast, where we talk to real people who've overcome real life failures and adversities. Their stories will motivate, inspire, and encourage you. And now, your host, Dave Avery. If you're like me, you went through a period of time as a teenager where you were just rebellious. You made poor decisions, you made some stupid mistakes, but you got through it. Well, perhaps you have a teenager in your household currently who is going through that period of rebellion. I believe today's conversation will resonate with you and it will encourage you as you hear Todd Bradley's story. As a young person, he moved away from faith into rebellion and yet never gave up his search for truth. Join us now as we find truth on the other side of rebellion. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Life Encouraged Podcast. I am honored to have my friend Todd Bradley with me here today. Todd, thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. Todd is a uh, successful businessman in a local community, has a commercial cleaning business that's doing very well. He's got uh, three awesome kids I know personally, wonderful wife. You guys have been married 28 years this year. Yes. And, um, you know, things are good right now. You got a brand new granddaughter who's about a year old. That's correct, yeah. But things weren't always this great, were they? No. 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 And so we're going to have a conversation today and just talk about the fact that there's hope. No matter where you find yourself, there's hope. Mm-hmm. And your story is, is one of encouragement, which is what this podcast is all about. You know, I think that it's going to encourage people that, that listen to it today. So let's mm-hmm. back up. You've been married 28 years, but you got married pretty young, didn't you? Yes, we did. Um, I was 19 and my wife was 18. 19 and 18 years old. Nowadays, man, you know, I think the average age is 30 in the 30s, wow. low 30s. Yeah, marriages. I, I believe that. Yeah. So we'll back up a few years earlier than that. And I want to talk a little bit about your upbringing. Mm-hmm. So. You told me that you grew up in the church. Your parents had you in church three times a week, right? Yes. Unless there was a revival in town. Right, right. <laughs> yep. That'll be all week, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what changed for you as obviously a believer at a, a young age? What changed that you just didn't, was it that you just didn't see church as being relevant anymore or really, you know, in your faith and your your walk as a young person really kind of Talk us through that. Um, I would think more than anything, it was my age becoming, you know, I was 15, 16, a little rebellion against my parents, against the church, against everything. Um, I thought I knew everything, didn't need the church anymore, and I'd be fine without it. We all know everything at 16. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have the world figured out at 16. I thought so. I really did. (laughs) The older we get, the more we realize we don't know. Yes, yes, that's correct. (laughs) All right. So a little bit of rebellion. Did you see hypocrisy? I I know that young Mm. people say today, you know, hypocrisy is really a big key uh, to creating obstacles for them in their Mm -hmm. faith journey. Was that a part of your, your walk at all or no? I know I don't Mostly just think so. Then. The churches I was raised in were solid, good churches, great pastors. Um, I didn't really see anything like that. Okay. that so it was mostly me. just that teen angst, that teen 
being rebellious, thinking that you have all the answers. You can't, you know, tell me otherwise. Yep. Yep. I think that was it. All right. So you met your wife, Joey. You guys were teenagers. Yep. 16 and 15 when we met. All right. And how'd that work out? We lived in the same neighborhood. And so I started driving her to school and picking her up. And then eventually we're going to different parties together. And so, you know, we became friends. I was always a little more interested in her than she was in me at the beginning, but she came around. <laughs> came around and realized <laughs> that, yeah, Todd, Todd was the man for her. Yeah. yeah. And so at the, during this time, you're, you're in school, you've kind of moved away from going to church. You stopped going to church. You, right. You started to, you know, hang out with the, with the crowd. You, you moved to a new school. Yeah. I think there was a big change when I moved from Largo to Tarpon Springs. I just sort of gave up on meeting new good people. It was sort of easier just to get involved with the drugs, and that was a easy crowd to hang out with, you know. You get to know people easier that way because everybody is intoxicated or yeah. high. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. If okay. you had money or drugs, you fit right in. That right. was an easy way. Okay. Easy way. And so that's kind of where your, you know, your lifestyle as far as with with that started was back in those teenage years. Yes. Walk me through that. It progressed to. It would have been, it was my 16th birthday that I had my very first beer. And the one beer did get me extremely drunk and out of control. It really wasn't actually a good experience, but I still began drinking every single day after that and by the time I was 17 um, I was smoking pot doing acid cocaine crack before I was 18 I was arrested for possession of crack cocaine and facing a fairly large jail sentence wow as a 17 year old right right I was prior to my 18th birthday but they did try me as an adult so and it what, would have been real jail. <laughs> like what? What are we talking about, sentence-wise? I mean, um, I was they, facing seventeen years in prison as a seventeen-year-old. <laughs> that is correct. Wow! So you've lived seventeen years, and all of a sudden they're telling you you may go to jail for another seventeen of your life. And e- wow. yes, yes, that was the wow. possibility. And what happened? Um, my parents got a lawyer, <laughs> and by the grace of God, we, you know, I did get off on a lighter sentence. Um, probation, community service, and fines. Without the lawyer and the Lord, it could have definitely went a different way. Right. Did your, you know, your party lifestyle continue after that? Did you tone it back some? <clears throat> Did It had was a little bit slowed down because of being on probation. Right. But it was, I was still partying for yeah. sure. And then you got married at 19. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 19 and 18. Okay. Tell me about that. Um, I had always wanted to be married and I wanted to have kids. So I was very happy and excited for that. And she came around, realized that (laughs) (laughs) obviously your your interest was in her for long term was before I was in yours. This is correct. (laughs) You know, something happened. She turned 18 and realized, (laughs) this is the guy for me. Yes. Yes. All right. And then you guys got married and... You have three kids, and they're all like 
I mean, bam, bam. You got your yeah. you got your family out of the way quickly. I guess you we could did, say, right? By the time I was twenty four and she was twenty three, we had three kids. Wow. And you said you were done, or did you? Want to um, be- yeah, well, no, we knew that <laughs> had to be it. Wow. <laughs> we could not have any more. So, from the oldest to the youngest, there's a span of four years. Five? I think it's about four years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so you've got these these kids who I've got to say are wonderful. Love your your kids. They're all Thank adults you. now, and and uh, successful, and just you know one one is married, one soon to be married, and right. in the next year, and mm-hmm. I mean just great kids. They are, you know, great. They kids. are. I'm very How, blessed. Walk me through that now. You're, you know, you're a young couple with mm-hmm. three young kids, and you know what did life look for you look like for you then? You know, it was basically just trying to get by. You know, they, we had the three very young kids. We were young. Everywhere we went, um, would tend to get dirty looks. You know, we were too young to have too many kids, but they were so well behaved. Most of the time people would come around and, you know, we would actually get compliments on how well behaved they were. But for us, it was just, just getting by, you know working raising them we worked split shifts so we didn't have to have daycare and one of us could be with them all the time and then joey started the cleaning business to be have flexible hours and so she started that almost 24 years ago okay and during this time where was where were you with your personal life had you gone back to church or um no as they were young my parents did start taking my kids to church and they went faithfully. How'd you, you know, feel about that? Um, I was okay to have a babysitter for that time. You know, I didn't, in hindsight now, I can see how grateful I am that it happened. You know, at the time, you know, if my parents wanted to take them for a few hours, that was fine by me. Free job. Yeah, yeah it was. And they enjoyed it. They they enjoyed it. My parents liked taking it. So I didn't have anything against it, really, you know, but I'm very grateful that it did happen like that. Okay. And at what point then did you, you know, your kids are growing up, they're growing up in a church mm-hmm. atmosphere, environment, but yes. really there's no faith at home. Right. What, what does that look like? Um, you know, I don't, I'd say probably average, you know, I I didn't think we were anything out of the the norm of what we were around. It was a culture. It was a culture of, of your, your work culture was, you know, you were still drinking at the time. You, mm-hmm. you know, were, mm-hmm. you know, still kind of in, but yeah, you were home. You know, you're with your kids. You're there, you know, for your kids, right? Yes. Yes. Um, we did work the separate shifts so that we could not have to deal with daycare, but, you know, I would still find my time to party and after work and stuff. Um, so I was still partying for sure. Now what, let's fast forward. What, what happens now? Your kids are, are getting older. They're teenagers. Mm -hmm. What happens? Eventually after all the years of heavy drinking, marijuana use, pornography, um, it really, I began to feel the emptiness I had. It was not satisfying at all. And I was starting to see that. Um, I 
self-worth was very low. You know, I didn't even want to live anymore because everything that was supposed to make me happy, it really didn't. Um, and I loved my kids and my wife and everything was fine there, but there was definitely a missing spot. To the point where you, you know, were thinking they would be better without you even. To yes, be think, yeah, I did. To be think I did. I felt. You will understand that, that, you know, suicide is such a, you mm -hmm. know, th that depression it comes is, is so, re it's a very real mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And you're not really, it's easy to say, well, so-and-so committed suicide. They're so s selfish. But you don't understand that where that person's probably they're mm -hmm. in such a place where they think it would be better. They're not mm -hmm. thinking no. about themselves. They're thinking about it would be better without yeah, me. That's exactly where I was. And I thought my kids would be better without me. And it, you know, it didn't wouldn't matter if I left. Yeah. Well, I remember the first time that I met you. And you probably, okay. probably don't remember. I do not. It was um, <laughs> it was at a graduation party. Okay. And we had spaghetti or ziti or something. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> you were not happy to be there. Oh, and, and no, you could I tell. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, you were just not happy to, to be there, wow. probably because it was at church. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You were not comfortable being there. I didn't know anything about, you know, who you were. I, I knew all three of your kids. Right. I was youth pastor. I was like, you know... But, and I met you and you were just kind of like, mm-hmm. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was the first time I met you. <laughs> Interesting. But tell me about, you know, the night you came that, that things really changed in your life. Tell me about what, how that went down. It would have been sometime after that. Although yeah. I remember that spaghetti graduation now, but um, my kids having come to the church and enjoyed it. There was a special guest speaker, Bill Weiss, um, from 23 Minutes of Hell, 23 Minutes in Hell. And they invited us to come, and I did not want to go. I didn't like the church scene anymore and just did not want to be there. Um, I couldn't stay sober till that late in the day, and I didn't want to go. But my wife promised them we would go, and so I had no choice, and we, we came. <laughs> and what happened? Um, he told his story of a Christian man going, having an experience in hell. He felt the heat and the torture and saw things, and his story was so real, it made me realize I do not want to go to hell. And so... I mean, here you are, you're, mm -hmm. you know, you come, you're basically dragged here. You know, right, you know, yes. <laughs> you're dragged there to the, you know, to this place you mm -hmm. don't want to be. Right. And yet you're hearing a, you know, a story that, that's impacting you and kind of messing with your, your mind a little bit. And mm -hmm. what happened after that? Leaving that night, I couldn't even talk. I was so touched. All I could, kept thinking is, I don't want to go to hell. I do not want to go to hell. And so the next day and for a few days after, I saw everything I was doing as sin. And I hadn't really noticed that before. And so I was like, that's sin. This is sin. <laughs> You're doing that and that's sin. And after about four days after the service, I finally, when my wife came home from work, broke down and told her, 
I'm sick of my life. I cannot take it anymore. I want to change. And she wanted to change too. And so um, being raised in the church, I did know the sinner's prayer. And we both said the sinner's prayer. And it was more than words that time. Would it be accurate to say that what you were feeling was conviction, not condemnation? Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, so many people are condemned. They they feel like they've got to change their behavior because they're condemned by their behavior. But it mm-hmm. sounds to me like it was more of conviction. Like you understood it for what it really was, your lifestyle, the things that you were doing mm-hmm. um, were opposed to you know God's will for your life and His His commands and what He He desires for the way for us to live. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, right. that's so it exactly. You guys said the sinner's prayer; it was real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would that look like then? You throw um, bottles away? Did you? Yeah. What did you? Did you go through the cleaning process? Of course. <laughs> From that moment, I could actually feel the weight lifted off my shoulders. Um, there was a peace I had not known in a long time. Um, I had to go through the house, and I threw away all the liquor, the pornography the bongs and everything. Um, and it did fill up five large garbage bags. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of stuff. Wow. It had been weighing me down. Yeah. That's a house cleaning. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. And you've never been the same. No, no. Since, since that day. I mean, it definitely was a life changing event. You know, I think I get, I'd like to just, say is that it's not always like that in the sense of you know sometimes it's a process where you're walking through it in your case it was pretty much you realize i'm done with this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm done with this empty life i'm done with these things that leave me feeling empty and bankrupt and you mentioned to me the difference was truth right yes so what would you say for somebody who maybe you know Maybe they grew up in a church mm-hmm. like yourself, or maybe they didn't, but you know, things things faith related really aren't important to them. They're caught up in the culture, they're caught up in, you know, doing their own thing, living their life their own way. But maybe they're listening to this and, and they're at a place where they're just they have hit rock bottom and they're just they're just kind of done with with their life as as it is. Uh, wh- what would you say to them? Um I would encourage them to find and search for the truth. Um, We are eternal beings, and we're going to live forever, and you will go up or you'll go down. And there is only one way to go up, and it's through the belief of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Um, You know, so I would encourage them to find the truth because it is true. You've experienced that truth firsthand. You've in, you encountered the Lord in a very real way. I Obviously, have. It changed your life. I sure have. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. And you're you're not the person you used to be. No. No. And, thank you're, and your God. life has purpose and you know direction now, and and that's a wonderful thing. And yes. So I thank you so much for you know sharing with us today. And I do have to ask you you know one more question. Sure. Can I ask you one more question? Yes, you may. All right, so you, and honestly, mm-hmm. I, I really want to know the answer to this, and I'm sure that there are people listening to this podcast that want to know the answer to this question. Okay. 
You own a cleaning business. Right. Okay. <laughs> that is what you do. So my question is, when you get home, when you're not working, <laughs> do you care? Like, and if so, like, what is the most important would, thing to clean? Would it be, you know, your, your car, your desk, <laughs> room in a house? Or are you just kind of like, you know what? When I get to it, I get to it because this is what I've been doing all day. Yeah, well, <laughs> it can be a little easy to fall behind in some of those things. But with the 20 plus years experience, <laughs> I do know the shortcuts. And uh, also, I honestly was curious. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, do you go home and you're like, okay, I'm in cleaning mode. I got to clean everything. Or, you know, it can wait till tomorrow. I had a really long day today. <laughs> Cleaned a couple places that were disgusting. Yeah. I'm done for till tomorrow. It can wait. Well, no, luckily, uh, Joey and Brooke aren't too messy. It, it doesn't get horrible. <laughs> um, and having employees means reasonable labor, so we can have our house clean for cheap. There you go. Oh, that's that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to, you know, have you know a, a maid service, that's you, you started a cleaning business. Yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs> That's great. Hey, thanks again for, you know, really being transparent and honest mm -hmm. and open and encouraging, you know, the listeners, myself even, to hear your story of doing your own thing, coming to a place of just being empty and, and then mm -hmm. finding the truth. Yep. And having a life that goes from being empty to having full purpose in finding that truth. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me, Dave. Thanks for joining us, and I trust that this conversation has encouraged you and motivated you to not be stuck in your past, not be stuck in your poor decisions and the mistakes you've made in life, but once you find truth, you can move forward into everything you're called to be. Move forward into your purpose in life. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Life Encouraged Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us. Also share on social media so others can find Life Encouraged.